Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast for the WGC Mexico Championship. We're also going to hit a little bit on the Puerto Rico Open towards the end. And we have a wonderful time in the Chunk and Run segment tonight talking about giving each other, ourselves, and one PGA Tour Pro racehorse names. They get a little a little edgy towards the end of the podcast. So uh, this one is an explicit show. Be ready for that. It's a great show, though. We break down everything you need to know for the WGC. We recap the Genesis. Just J.B. Holmes slow play. Uh, and we talk a good bit about El Toucan. Pat and I vehemently disagree with what happened between El Toucan and Matt Kuchar. So if you want to skip all that, that's about a 15-20 minute argument, but it is a good one if you have any thoughts on Matt Kuchar and L2Cam. We really appreciate MyBookie.ag. They gave us some fresh odds this week for not only the WGC, but also the Puerto Rico, and there is some edge to be gained. We talk a little bit about that at the end of the podcast. We're also going to do some write-ups on it. You need to join MyBookie.ag if you haven't already. Promo code TOURJUNKIES gets you a 50% deposit bonus on your money up to $1,000. They also just upgraded their mobile site, which was already the best mobile betting site experience of anyone we've ever seen, and now they just made it better. So if you wanna bet on the go, if you wanna bet on your desktop, it doesn't matter, mybookie.ag is where it's at. Use promo code TOURJUNKIES, all one word when you sign up, get that deposit bonus, and get all the odds for the WGC, the Puerto Rico, the future odds route, the major odds route, all the good stuff's out. Bet on anything you want, we love those guys, appreciate those guys. We also love and appreciate you. You also have a chance in this episode to win $250 in Master Swag, so be sure you pay attention to that. You're going to want to know how to do that. All right, enjoy the podcast. Here you go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast. Another edition, another week on the PGA Tour. Myself and Pat Perry ready to bring it. It's going to be a great show. We've got a lot of fun stuff planned we're going to talk about. We've got the WGC Mexico from Chapultepec. It's going to be a good time. We're going to talk about that golf course here in just a second. But before, there's a lot that went on this week in the wide world of the PGA Tour and golf. And Pat Perry, first of all, how are you feeling, man? How are you doing tonight? And uh, thoughts on the Genesis? Well, I'm doing great. And um, let's just go ahead and get this out of the way. I'm having a uh, Tito's and Club. And, Whoa. Uh, yeah, yeah, it only lasted about 12 days, 13 days maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. So uh, I thought you were, I thought you were really dedicated. We were, this. we were. I was doing well. I was doing well. But then the, uh, yeah, we got to Valentine's. Did I just hear a cat? Did I just hear a cat meow? No, the cat's not up here. I don't think. Huh. Anyway, uh, anyway. Valentine's. So we got to Valentine's, and you know I was holding steady, I was holding strong. But the wife, she wanted a little wine and some loving on uh, Valentine's, and you know oh. what? It's so it's it's just hard to, it's it's just really hard to deny that. You know, sometimes you just have to uh, succumb to the to the pressure. Whoa, 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 whoa! We don't need to get that graphic. We don't need the description of what's going on. <laughs> yes, man. So. Mm. And this so tastes you broke so. Dry spells on all on all fronts: alcohol, sex, all that. Good oh stuff. yeah, the whole thing. Good for you. We just we just good yeah. For you. It was it was good. So I'm I'm uh, having a nice drink tonight, and I'm I'm pretty happy. I feel like I'm 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 back to normal. Um, but you know, still you know, still gonna I, cut back. Still gonna keep. Uh, it, we, I, I really enjoyed the cutting back of everything on, on a weekly basis, but uh, I'm just. Yeah, I don't really think you did. Nah, it was okay. I was a little grumpy, I guess. 
Yeah, you're. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't. I don't want to be the. I don't want to be the friend that really advocates for you to be, you know, inebriated. But I do advocate for it on Monday nights when we record the podcast. It just makes for better material. Now, if you don't drink a drop of any alcohol between you know one Monday and the next, that's perfectly fine with me. I endorse it. But at least on Monday nights, I, I definitely liked. I prefer my pat a little lubed up. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Well, K- keeping with the uh, awkward sexual references. Yeah. Well, we'll probably get there tonight. Uh, my my tolerance might Sweet. be a little might be a little down. Might be a little low. So I got a little Tito's and soda tonight too. You know. Nice. Um. Yeah. Uh, but well, anyway. So you Genesis. taught it. Yeah. The Genesis. Yeah. So it was just a. It was a shit show. I mean. It's, I really was looking yeah. forward to the week because we had the probably the best field we've had all year. and But, you know, when you get to the weather on Thursday, which was just awful, they, they barely got, you know, they started off, they got, I think, 23 golfers went out, and then they had to restart it all, which that, that just sent Twitter into a just, I mean, a frenzy. Uh, I think it was a, right. it was a, they, they, the tour actually had a legit reason to, uh, to wipe the scores and start all over. Um, but then, just all in all, just just a weird kind of tournament, and uh, you know. But good, and JB. I mean, it, the whole JB would win this tournament the way it was. I mean, I know you were all over him last week, uh, so not for Riviera, but for for the Sony, and he was terrible. And then he goes out this the week. Sony, not no, the Sony, the the, the, the Pebble Sony. Beach, whatever Pebble Beach is what I'm. Mean. <laughs> Sorry, Tito. Um, but yeah, like eight weeks ago. <laughs> I met Pebble Beach. Feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> so oh. yeah, and then he goes out and wins the damn tournament. I cannot get the guy right. I just can't. And I, and I gotta say, I'm kind of jumping on the bandwagon of the rest of the of, of golf Twitter that is getting sick and tired of the dude's slow play. He did have a number of instances where he could have been ready to play a little sooner. Uh, he kept, you know, backs off the ball a lot. He does this weird practice move. I, he definitely irritated a lot of people. Um, it, yeah, it, the tournament was weird. It's two weeks in a row that we've just had disasters. Like, a lot of variables, a lot of stuff you can't control. I mean, welcome to golf. J.B. Holmes wins, you know. Um, it, it's just so hard to predict week in, week out. You had Jordan, who looked in the early stages like, "Oh wow, here he is!" You know, he's he's making he's making the comeback, and then uh, Sunday shoots an 81, the highest score of his professional golf career. Uh, his putting was atrocious on Sunday. So was JT. Uh, yippee! Let's, let's be yeah, fair. Yippee AF. Yeah, um, it was it was crazy. Tiger had a good week, you know. Tiger normally doesn't show out that well at the at Riviera, but despite all his responsibilities as the host um, and some big announcements, it being a, a preferred event next year, you know, Pat had a really good week. Had a great uh, opening round to Saturday, which or opening what's the third round, which happened late Saturday. Yes, um, that was pretty. And good. then unfortunately, the the sun goes down and, and kills the heater, but. Had a good week, so you know, he didn't putt went very well on Sunday. As a matter of fact, I think I heard that he had six three putts on Sunday, um, mm. which was is obviously not that good. I want to. I'll, I'll go back to Jordan here, and then you could talk about JT also because he obviously had a pretty decent lead, and then squandered that with some terrible putting and some other decisions on the course. But I'm going to say this: when we get to now that we're if, moving on to Mexico, 
I'm not going to put too much into the Sunday rounds from Jordan, from JT, from a lot of the people up there. That, that I just think you can't put too much into the way that day went. You know, the weather changed on them a decent amount from starting off being beautiful in the morning to being uh, you had some wind and you had, you know, some, some kind of cloudy, colder weather in the afternoon. So it just uh, – I'm going to kind of throw those out. I think Jordan just sort of became um, – I don't know what happened to him. But I still think his game is coming around a little bit, especially from a ball striking standpoint. I, I don't really uh, – yeah, I mean, I don't really put – I'm not going to put anything on, on Sunday's round in terms of JT, but I do think for Jordan it's still interesting. It's just still interesting to watch the putting strokes at certain times. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, there's a lot of factors on Sunday, whether fatigue mentally and physically playing all the, the golf the way they've done it. Yeah. I mean, they were getting up. But, at, they started at 6.45 a.m. on Sunday, so – you know, they were getting yeah. up at – I mean, Tiger said he was getting up at 2 to 3, somewhere around in there. The others probably around 4 or so to get ready. So, it's just – that's just kind of – that's a nutty day for – I don't know. But, yeah. And, and what I will say about Jordan, too, is I, I think what you're getting at is he's he's just not putting four rounds together. That That is that is a fact. I don't care what, what Sunday looked like for them. He's just not able to do that so far. In other news, today you had the announcement that the PGA Tour in the middle of, you know, the season kind of, which is kind of shocking. I mean, you would think they'd roll this out in the beginning of the season, but in the middle of the season, announcing that players can now wear shorts for pro-ams and practice rounds. Everybody on Twitter is excited about that. All the players seem excited about that. The biggest headline coming out of that story would be Phil Mickelson's calves that look like Lance Armstrong in his prime when he was taking performance-enhancing drugs. Did you see the picture of Phil's calves? I did. And is anybody really surprised by that? Because if you walk, I mean, if you walk, walk for, a, for living, a living, you're going to have know, some big but, calves. Yeah, but I think we're going to see plenty of calves out there that have walked for a long time, many years, that don't look like Phil's. I, I was a little surprised. I think, I think some of that's from carrying around all that little pudgy man boob weight that he had for so long you lost a lot of that now but i do you think you might have to have pretty some, heavy yeah. some, some. He had some pretty heavy man tits for a long time yep the, the calves had to support that i, I was pretty impressed I mean, they were cut up they were shredded mm-hmm. yeah but that's exciting good on the tour I, I was glad to see it as much as we bash the pga tour for stuff i'm glad to see a little flexibility in the rules and being able to change and be nimble in the middle of something is to me important for like any business, any corporation, any entity, and any person. Like being able to acknowledge, we normally don't go this route on the on the Tour Junkies podcast. I didn't plan on going there, but like it, just being able to be nimble and agile in the middle of something and make a change is so refreshing to see, and it's also refreshing when you do it. So like. I was I was just glad to see it. To me, if I was a player, that would speak volumes to me. Even though it's a little thing and it feels very, you know, minute, but to think that it's never been allowed and it's 2019 and these guys are about to go to Florida where it's, you know, it's going to be freaking ridiculous in Florida and their 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 legs from the knees down haven't seen the light of day, you know, on a Thursday through Sunday in ages. So well, it's been it's, really it's cool been allowed, see. just not just only at certain events. Like I think the PGA yeah, Championship. Yeah, like one event a year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but not yeah, anyway, not, not weekend. Glad to see it. 
And I am excited as anything for one major news story out of this week that we've got to talk about. And that is that L2 can finally got his Quan, finally got his cheddar. Matt Kuchar's sorry self finally succumbed, to use your word. Uh, as you and Sally succumbed to the alcohol on Valentine's, <laughs> as did Cooch succumb to the pressure and the PR absolute disaster and paid the man, finally paid the man. And that was easily the story of the week. Um, I mean, Cooch goes out there on Thursday and is getting it from the fans. He, he had played well. My favorite, yeah, he played well. My, my favorite line was, uh, go low, Cooch, except for the tipping. You know, that, that was fantastic. <laughs> you had people uh, shouting mooch um, instead of Cooch. You had all kind of heckling going on. And, I mean, for a guy who's never been heckled, I mean, never. Like, he has never spent a moment under the sun as the villain, ever. He has always forever been the guy, the, 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 the buddy old pal, the friendly old neighbor, like the guy you can't help but cheer for and like. And to, to, to have those rounds where he just got hammered, and I mean, he's not on social media that we know of. He may be, or at least he may have people that report to him what's going on on social media, but getting absolutely destroyed on social. And, of course, likely getting pressure from sponsors, from uh, probably from the tour, I think, um, maybe from close friends and family to go ahead and cough up the extra forty-five grand and move on. Uh, but nonetheless, I think a lot of damage done. And I'm glad that El Toucan is now $45,000 richer than he was after he helped Kuchar win the tournament. Well, let's... Comments? A, a couple things here. First, you started... <laughs> actually, you segued nicely into this by talking about being able to change and, and maybe, uh, you know, adjust. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. I think that... Uh, I think that's what... I think that's what, what Cooch did. You know, you said that's a good quality and a trait in a person. I think he did that. You know, sometimes... I do think they these guys are in their own little world and they don't maybe see things. Um, now look, he's not on social media, so he's probably not paying attention to what's going on there, which is where most of the outcry came. Um, but here's the thing: I don't think one incident tears a man down. Uh, you know, he's he's been out on tour for a long, long time. Has always been, by all accounts, I mean, like you said, he's never been the bad guy. In this case, he he probably is. Um, but it's not going to make me think of him any different. I think he's he's still a good guy. It does me. It makes me think of him different. Okay, well, that's that's fine. And then I would hate to be around you uh, and make a mistake. Because, oh, you definitely have done that. You definitely have done that. Yeah, which is, which is that's bullshit. I mean, to me, one mistake <laughs> by a guy should not, <coughs> should not make the man. I mean, people, people make mistakes all the time. For me, it's probably, you know, being drunk or whatever, which I don't think would you know, necessarily say who I am or whatever, and it's the same with him. I mean, look, he made a mistake. He owned up to it and ended up paying the guy. I think that what this L2 can did was a little bit of extortion, basically threatening to go to the media and whatever else if he didn't get paid. I mean, it's just... I don't know. I'm not. I'm not as. I think extortion uh, is a very strong. word. It's a strong word because extortion is basically 
trying to get money through threats, which he did do, and you and I have seen, by the way. We saw something that's not public, but I did see something that was basically extortion in the the manner of uh, communication with the agent. So, you know, you may have to cut that out, but I'm just saying, I mean, there there was definitely threats. Um, And I think that... I, I just... Look... The man deserved to get paid. That's that's fine. I don't like how all of it, you know, went as far as social media. I, I hate when social media goes on like this lynch mob, witch hunt type mentality on people. And you know, look, do you know Cooch? Ha- have you ever met Cooch in person and know him from a day to day basis where you talk to him like you do me or whatever else? No. No. So you I'm, have no clue what he's like say, from a day, daily basis. All you know hey, is what on. social media is telling you about it, and you're going to take the side of everybody else that has this lynch mob mentality. That pisses me off. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Nobody knows him. Nobody, not one writer, not one, you know, peon on social media has any, has. Any sort of interaction with Cooch the man from a day-to-day, year-to-year basis. So you have nothing to go on if you're just going to say that, oh, well, I'm never going to think of Cooch the same, and I want to boo him every time I see him, and I hate him, he's a terrible person, and blah, blah, blah. That's that's freaking bullshit. Well, obviously, this is going to be an explicit rated podcast this week, so we'll have the E by this one. But let, let me let me, let me me say this first. I, I, I see your point when you're saying, like, if somebody can't make a mistake— I get that. I, n- nobody's perfect. I understand that. I guess what I'm saying is, and for 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 whatever reason, and maybe it's wrong, but it's, it feels natural. I think I tend, and I think maybe human beings tend to have less grace for a public figure that they don't know, that they haven't been in a room with, that they haven't. Because not only does that mean you don't know them, and you don't know. Like maybe this is really one of the very few mistakes that they really make, or maybe. You know, you don't, and and you don't know, you haven't seen enough good out of them to really counter this. Like that's the difference between like what I know of Cooch and what I know of you. Like I know who you are, and I know you well enough to know that yes, like even though you make a mistake, and I would hope you feel the same way for me if I make a mistake. Like at the end of the day, I know enough good in you that it's just it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't affect me the same way for whatever reason. Like I don't if 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 you did something like this, I wouldn't. I don't know, like because I know more about you, I I don't go there. But when it's a public figure that like you almost you almost you're never gonna get the chance to know, and you only know what you see, and that perception is the reality, and that's part of becoming a public. That's part of being a public figure. I'm not saying you sign up for it or you ask for it, but it's part of just the gig. It's part of being the public figure. And these guys, I think some guys on tour, work really hard to 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 put out a squeaky clean image that's not as squeaky clean as they put out, but they work really hard to keep it. So props on them. But then I think there are times when stuff like this happens and it slips through the cracks and you see a little glimpse of who they really are. Not, not, and I think that's what it is. It's not, it's not that I hate Cooch. I don't hate Cooch. I, I, I absolutely don't hate Cooch for this. I do feel like we've now seen a glimpse into a little bit of who he really is because I think that this is this is a this is telling of who he really is, which is he's kind of cheap. He's just kind of cheap. He's not he's not a gener an uber generous person. You hear you hear stories about Phil tipping the crap out of people. You hear stories about you know other guys on tour that are very generous, very giving when when the cameras aren't on or when they're not presenting a, a massive oversized check to a nonprofit. You hear those stories. I'm, 
Now, you also hear stories about Phil being a dick. So See, I, that's the there, thing there's, I was there's, about there's to stuff. say. No, 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 Phil no, is like I, I one agree. of the guys that, that, that behind the scenes, a lot of people say, does try too hard to put that quick, squeaky I, I clean image that. out there. That's that. not so, actually so saying, true. Everybody has their strengths and weaknesses. But, but in terms of Cooch, I do think it shows a couple things. I think it shows us a, a glimpse that he's been able to, to hide for a long time that he's actually pretty cheap. And I think he shows it shows twice that he's kind of out of touch and and maybe a little a little uh, a little a little arrogant, a little cl- a little like class mentality because of the comments that he made last week and earlier this week when he kind of doubled down on you know what, to make the comment, hey, the guy makes two hundred dollars uh, a day. I think five thousand for a week's a pretty damn good week. Like to say something like that in a, in a microphone on the record is pretty out of touch and and it, it it reeks a little bit of a of a class mentality, like an I'm better than you mentality. And then what happens is you do have the lynch mob that you're talking about that just wants to jump on somebody. But you also get some people who come out of the woodwork and go, well, you know what? I actually had an experience with Kucher two years back. And here's kind of what happened. Now, those things may be false. They mm. may be. But where there is smoke, there is fire. And this, is a guy who, this is a guy who's been on tour like <coughs> 20-something years. If you have a glimpse, if it, it, this, you would, it'd be hard to be able to protect some sort of, you know, huge flaws in your personality for that long when you're in the public eye for that long. Like, you would think something else would come. And not just some guy who said, uh, you know, he, he that could have been something could have been misunderstood too. Now, not in this case, but I'm saying like you say, people come out of the woodwork and then say, "Oh, well, I had this experience with with Cooch and it was terrible," and he was, you know, he did this and whatever. Well, yeah, but that also is a matter of perspective. Something could have happened that you know maybe Cooch didn't understand what's going on or whatever. You you can't really you can't really make a whole lot out of that. But I, I just don't think that you know after all these years, Cooch has always been a really good guy. Has always. You know, I don't know what his charity is, but I'm sure. Well, all these guys have him, so I'm sure he's been generous in, in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I do agree. I mean, the, the the caddy should have gotten paid, but it also makes me wonder too. Like, why is everybody just? I mean, the story has now gone away. It's going. It's going to go away. But what what happens? What about these other caddies that that end up filling in, like for players in Mexico or other countries or whatever, because their guys can't travel? Like, what's the culture like there? Like, what are what are those guys typically getting paid? You know, is anybody else besides Cooch stiff the caddy? I mean, nobody is even asking that question. They're just like maybe they have, maybe they have. I mean, is that some sort of that is that some sort of norm? Because these guys are not their regular caddies. I I doubt it. And that's also one thing I want to say too is that. You didn't see this, but I did see it because I, after when I'm I'm scouring Twitter because I know that I'm in the minority a little for a, in a lot of ways on the way I think about this. But people who say this caddy should have gotten ten percent that they have no clue about cad, yeah, that, caddies in general. That's not what he should have gotten because that's not what he should have gotten because those yeah. these caddies work week in and week out extremely hard for their players. I've said this all along with you and whoever else has asked me about it. It's a culmination of of their hard work to get 10%, not to go in, you know, just fill in Caddy, who I'm sure that he did a great job. I mean, he knows the course. He can tell, he definitely can tell Cooch, you know, if Cooch asked. I'm not sure what the relationship was, but no way in hell did he deserve 10%. No way. I, no, I do no. not believe yeah. that for one second. Those guys, those guys get 10% on the regular, leaving their families week in and week out. You know, 
and, and supporting that player. But but he shouldn't have got half a percent. And I don't care if that was the arrangement beforehand, that, hey, I'm going to give you $5,000 this week. And, and if you guys just happen to not talk about, oh, well, what happens if you win? Like, if you didn't talk about that, I don't care. Like, that's still on, to me, that's on Cooch. And that that's your opportunity to be generous. And what I didn't like about the arguments that, you know, me and you and Ben Little were having on text messages where you, when, when you were kind of, you, you never, you, we agreed on the no, no way 10% thing. But there were times, and I don't know if you still feel this way, where you kind of felt like, hey, if $5,000 was the agreement, then that's what it should be. And, and that I vehemently disagree with because it, let, me, let me pose this scenario to you. <coughs> you know, we're, talk, we're preparing for member guests. Well, I've already said I've with. already said in this whole thing that I, I I admitted that was probably wrong, and that I, I I'm fine with the fifty thousand or whatever. Yeah, because if we got a caddy at the member guest that 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 we hook up with, you know, we're gonna have a, a base arrangement with that caddy, you know. But but if we if we get in the shootout and win the shootout and win all the money out of our out of our our flight and all the money in the Calcutta, like it, it would be very cheap and piss poor to not break off a little extra stew to the caddy that got us there. And and when Cooch wins by a stroke, not not six strokes, but when he wins by one stroke on that golf course, it, it went alongside a caddy that led Alex Chaka to a T9 the year before. Alex Chaka, that guy sucks. He's like got a ponytail now. He's He sucks. <laughs> if he can lead Alex Chaka to a T9, then he is gaining you a stroke somewhere in the course of four days on that golf course, I don't care how much you talk to him or what you asked him, he is gaining you a stroke, if not more. <clears throat> so for that reason, a half a percent, to me, just completely shows that that Cooch is cheap. He's a cheap dude, and he's not a generous guy. And and, and to think, too, that El Toucan is, goes in public and, and says, the fifty thousand dollars my wife and I were, were 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 looking forward to because we've wanted to start a business, we've wanted to start a laundromat in our hometown, and that would have been the boost we needed to get it started, and that's all he wants. Like, and when you think about that, in in for a guy like that 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 worked for you that week and gained you at least a stroke, and you can't take forty five thousand extra dollars out of your forty five million that you've made over the course of your career. You are a cheap guy. And so I don't hate him, but I definitely look at him differently now than I did before. And I always will. Even though even though the story's gonna go away. Yeah, I can I, always I, will. I, I don't hold grudges, so I can get a, I can get a I can get over things like it's that. It's not a grudge, and, I'm not mad and at it. And the him. thing is too, I, I is that look, I also just don't like how this all went about. I mean like I don't know, maybe maybe this caddy could have been able to, you know, Work his fifty thousand in a different way. Go to the agent. Do whatever. I don't. I don't know. But it's just. It, it was. Here's the thing I think of too. Me personally, if I was like, let's just say, all right. So I live close to Hilton Head. Let's just say Kiz is playing at. You know, Kevin Kisner is playing in Hilton Head. For some reason, Dwayne Bott can't caddy for him, and I'm there for the week. <laughs> and, and this is such a wet dream. And, and I can go and caddy for Kiz. All right. So. I'm going to go there. I'm going to caddy for him all week. And, and he freaking wins. He wins. In no world whatsoever, if I'm just sitting there carrying a bag and maybe reading a putt or two, but probably not, 
you know, but giving him some encouraging words, words telling him to settle down because he's getting a little too nervous, which is what El Toucan said he did. No way in hell do I think I deserve some windfall of money if he wins. I, I don't. I just don't feel that way. That is a completely different scenario, though. Like I don't even understand how you can see that's the same. You strolling up to Harbor Town and barely making it through carrying that bag for four days, just being a mule is totally different than what El Toucan did. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. How yeah, do you know what he did? And... How do you know what he did? You say he gained strokes. What did he do? Like, what has what has come out that he actually said? Did he read I mean, putts? Did he did he tell him where to hit him and hit it in certain spots? Did he like what I mean, did he actually do? I think one can assume that he did. So I you're mean, assu- guess, you're making guess, an assumption. Like, what definitively did it do? Besides educated, the besides the art the article where he said he told him to calm down because he was too nervous. It's a pretty educated assumption when the guy is chosen. He's chosen. Coos didn't ask for a mule. He asked for the best caddy they had. So they gave him the best caddy they had, which is the same caddy that led Alex Chaka to a T9 the year before. So I, I, I feel like it's a very safe assumption, very safe assumption, to think that he gave him some sight lines, told him some trouble spots, read a few putts over the course of four days, and did way more than just carrying the bag and telling him to calm down. I think it's a very safe assumption in the court of law can we prove it i guess not unless kuchar and l2 can decide to come out and tell us they didn't have a god i hope not god i I hope this story just goes away because i'm i'm tired of even talking about it but but look (laughs) i I mean when all is said and done i will say this i you know i got pretty heated earlier in the week but i I did kind of change my tune a little bit especially after kuchar's comments that he made you know the first time not not when he finally made it right um, I, I did think those were a little bit more out of touch, and it, it made me kind of think, all right, you know, and I, and, and, and me too, I can think about, you know, inwardly and like, how am I thinking about this, you know, and, and so I, I did, I do agree that 50,000 is, is for him. He, I, I was, a lot of what I'm saying now is just being argumentative, but I'm sure he did something as a caddy out there. He's been caddying on that course for a while. He obviously has done it in a, in a pro event with, with uh, Alex Chaka, which makes me wonder what did Alex Chaka pay him? Um, yeah, definitely. But I would love to know. Yeah, that. so you know, I in the end, Cooch is fine with me. I don't really, and he, he he doesn't really care what we think about him anyway. And I'm not really. Uh, I don't know. I, I'll still uh, I'll still pull for the guy. I mean, well, actually, I've never really pulled for him anyway because he's a Georgia Tech guy. So it's not like he's he's some favorite player of mine, but. I'm ready for the story to be <laughs> done right, with. Let's move on. I'm excited because I'm going to get to see your lovely, smiling, no grudge holding, Tito's drinking face this week. You and I, I want to tell the listeners about this real quick. It's going to be a good time. Mm-hmm. You and I are heading to Cuscawilla at Lake Oconee, uh, right, right, in, right there between like Augusta and Atlanta and Georgia. We are going to go hang out at Cuscawilla and go see our boy John Tillery. John Tillery is one of the most just up-and-coming coaches on the PGA Tour week in and week out. He coaches Kevin Kisner, coaches a lot of guys on the PGA Tour, a lot of Bulldogs that are doing really well. JT is just a good dude. We've been, we've been uh, talking to JT for a while now. We wanted to get him on the podcast, but he teaches out of Cuscawilla. We're going to go hang out with him on Friday, do a little video. He's going to break down me and Pat's golf swings, tell us uh, how bad we suck. Uh, we're going to do a little video work for him. 
We're going to do a podcast with him, record it live. Uh, we may even stream it live and then put it on the uh, podcast feed for later. Um, it's going to be a great time. Then I think we're going to play a little Cuscoilla. Looking forward to that. So be sure you, uh, you you follow along on Instagram, Twitter on Friday. Um, you're definitely going to want to you're going to want to follow along. Um, so yeah, JT. Um, also, the DraftKings Tour Junkies After Dark video show. If you guys aren't catching it, please give it a look. It is fantastic. Basically, the whole premise is. Me and Pat record this show that we're talking to you right now, late on Monday nights. We have some Tito's. We get done recording. We hang up. I do a little bit of editing. Pat goes and does I don't know what. We come back together about 15, 20 20 minutes later. We turn the lights on. We turn the camera on. And we basically uh, face-to-face video call, uh, talk about what we just did on the podcast and the things that we completely disagree with that each other said that we don't really get into a lot of detail on the podcast because it would take it would make our show from an hour and 20 minutes to an hour and 40 minutes every, every week don't worry either we won't be discussing l2 can and the uh we won't be discussing l2 can we talk dfs and we talked the, the sports book betting side over on DraftKings. the uh the best thing is like i don't know man we just have we like i feel like we have good chemistry you know when we do the podcast we're talking over the phone because we've been doing it for almost four years now but we have better chemistry when we can see each other. When I can see your face, I feel I feel like I'm just better. So if you're missing out that show, it's free. You can watch it over on DraftKings.com on the content side. But you can also watch it on DraftKings' YouTube channel. It usually comes out Tuesday afternoons. It's called Tour Junkies After Dark, presented by DraftKings. It's free. It's about 20 minutes. Please watch it. Comment on it. Like it. Tell DraftKings how awesome we are. That would be nice. It would really help us out. The last thing I want to announce is a way for you to win Masters swag, okay? Last announcement. We did this last year. Shopping spree for a listener. You know what? You're sitting there thinking, man, <coughs> I can't make it to the Masters this week, this year. I've always wanted to go. I want to get in the pro shop. I want some sweet Masters swag so I can rub it in my friends' faces. Well, here's your chance. We did this last year for a listener. I don't remember who won, but I'm sure he was awesome. We're going to give you a $250 Masters giveaway, okay? $250 Masters giveaway where you can't make it, but if you win the contest, you're going to send us a wish list of items that you want from the pro shop, your sizes, everything that you want. We'll give in a little order. We'll do as best we can, $250, buy it for you ourselves, ship it to you, all for free. And there's going to be a few different ways that you can maximize your entries into this contest starting right now. You can get two entries into this contest by doing these two things. Number one, leave us an iTunes review if you have not already. And if you have, you can actually go back in and update the review, and that also helps us, as long as you haven't left it in the last like 90 days or so. So we have about 800 iTunes reviews. Love to see us get up to 1,000 or more. If you've not left us a review on iTunes, please go into iTunes, leave us a review. It just takes a couple of minutes. And if you have, you can update it, and that also helps. Okay. Then you need to go on our YouTube page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. The Tour Junkies YouTube channel is live. Content is, uh, you know, it's steadily leaking out. We're going to make it better. Okay, we're going to make it better. Steadily leaking out. We're working on it. I'm sure there'll be some John Tillery footage that goes up on that page. Uh, there's, there's some DraftKings DFS strategy stuff on that page right now. Go on the YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. 
and that's another entry. So if you do both, you got two entries, okay? If you do both, you got two entries. If you've already done, if you've already done the YouTube channel subscription, guess what? You're already in, okay? So the more screen names you have between YouTube and iTunes, the better chance you're gonna have of winning the drawing, and stay tuned for more ways to win that $250 giveaway as well. I'm excited about that. Hmm. All right, Pat, are you, uh, you ready to get into this? Yeah. Now we've got two golf tournaments going on this week. The WGC Mexico Championship, uh, which we referenced in the beginning, and then a, a, the alternate event uh, in Puerto Rico. We are gonna mainly spend our time on the WGC as that is where the higher dollar DraftKings contests are going, DFS contests in general are going there. Um, but we, we, we may get into a little Puerto Rico. We've got some odds that we're going to talk through. Um, I've got some, some picks for Puerto Rico as well uh, over on my bookie that we can get to later. Pat, we do not need to forget our one and done this week. We've, Please. We've forgotten it more this year than we have not forgotten it. Um, and then I'm really excited about our chunk and run segment at the end of the show. I'm really pumped about uh, what the possibilities of this, of this chunk and run. It's going to be a good one. So for now, let's just talk WGC. Pat, why don't you tell us about the, uh, the the course that's hosting for only the third year now, third year in a row, Club de Golf Chapultepec. I went ahead and pronounced it for you so you didn't have to butcher it. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, this is the, the third edition of the WGC Mexico at, at Club de Golf Chapultepec. Chapultepec. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a par 71, playing at uh, just over 7,300 yards. The major theme you're going to hear a ton this week, though, is that it is about uh, close to 7,500 to 8,000 feet above sea level. So that's going to make this course play much shorter, probably around that 68, 6,900 yard range, which makes it one of the shorter courses on tour. Uh, you've got Poana Greens, and we're back on. We got Kikuya, T to Green. So just like we had last week at Riviera, we've got the Poana and we've got the Kikuya to deal with. Yeah. Um, this course is, uh, you know, it's it's pretty tight off the tee as far as the tree lines are concerned, but the rough isn't it isn't a huge thing. Uh, again, the the trickiness is going to be having to figure out the distance on your irons uh, because of this the the fact that they're so far above sea level everything's going to travel a lot further uh, they're going to hit a lot of irons off the tee you, you hear or we hear that a lot from the players in the past uh, few years mostly a lot of three and four irons they're going to be clubbing down so not a, not a ton of drivers out here um but, you know, you do see some of the distance guys have an advantage, like DJ won two years ago here. Um, the greens, I think, are, are the re- real key here. I, you know, I don't typically look at putting stats, but I, I, do, I have kind of put a little bit of a weight on guys that are putting well going into this week because these greens are tough, and uh, they're going to run fast, uh, and they're, they're going to run bouncy like they, they typically do with Poana. So I think Not as fast as the bowels of those who drink the water. That's right. And uh, so I think you're going to have to be good around the greens with scrambling and with putting this week. Uh, so for me, the stats are going to be, I love strokes gained approach. Uh, it's one of my favorite stats. Also scrambling. Uh, I'm going to look at that opportunities gained stat we typically do. Uh, and a little bit of putting lean, but mostly just guys who have been trending well with their putter. Uh, make sure you remember this is a no-cut event. There's only 72 players so, uh, you know, everybody's going to get four rounds. Looking at past chance, we had Mickelson last year who won over Justin Thomas in a playoff. And then 
uh, Dustin Johnson, as I mentioned, in 2017. So that's all we're going to look at as far as the past champs because before that they were over at Doral in Miami, so there's there's nothing to see there. Um, so there you go. That's a quick rundown, but, you know, we spent so much time on on uh, El Toucan that uh, – keep it short. Short and sweet tonight. <coughs> yep. Um, I'm not real stat-heavy this week, but I am looking at guys who are accurate off the tee, including bombers that can club down. You see them do well here, like Justin Thomas. Course isn't going to play very long. It does open it up to short hitters and long hitters alike, but uh, I just need guys who are going to find the fairways. That's going to be essential here. Last year we talked to a caddy who was quite familiar with uh, Chapultepec, and he mentioned it is a tight track. you got to be in the fairway. There's not a lot of room between fairway, and then you get yourself in the tree line. So uh, we saw Phil do that a lot last year on his way to on his way to victory. But uh, definitely like fairways. Agree with you on the ball striking from the fairway and the strokes gain approach, greens and regulation kind of numbers. Uh, very important. And then to me, after that, it's just kind of scoring, draft you know, drafting, scoring, ownership, that kind of thing. Uh, so pretty pretty simple for me in this short field event. You're gonna have. Uh, you know, you're, you're going to have to find the ownership leverage, especially if you're going to play in large contests with lots of entries. Um, yeah, you just you got to you got to do something different. So let's get to it. Nine K and above, Pat. Uh, two. We're going to go with two GPP plays, one cash lock, and one fade here in the nine K. Um, you want to start? Or you want me to start? Uh, I'll start. Sure. Okay. Knock yourself out. Uh, I'm going to start with a guy that I, I loved last week, and I like him again this, this week, and that's John Rahm at, at 10-7 on DraftKings. Uh, I think he is an excellent play this week uh, in GPPs, and actually he is going to be my cash play. Uh, he was third here in 2017. He finished 20th last year. He's got great form. I mean, he's got four straight top ten finishes. Checks the box and scrambling, also fairways gained and opportunities gained for me. So I think, you know, and here's the thing with him. I mean, I, ownership is probably going to be higher this week uh, than it was last week. But he was he was a lot lower than I thought. Not a lot lower, but he was lo lower owned than I thought he would be last week and, you know, played pretty well. So I think John Rahm is a, is a really good GPP play. And then I'm going to take uh, your boy Brooks Kepka, who we have not seen – Ooh. And on this side of the pond this year, um, I think it was Saudi Arabia was the last time he played. I like that price at 9,800. Um, checks a box and opportunities gained. Also scrambling for me. Um, you know, it doesn't have really the greatest history here. He didn't play last year. Um, did he? Did he withdraw? Because it's not what I'm seeing is not showing a withdrawal, but it's saying did not start. So I don't know if he was a yeah. Was he a late yeah, withdrawal? No. Or he, he just, just didn't he just play? Didn't show up. He just didn't play, yeah. Okay, well, usually when, what I'm looking at, they don't even put anything there. But in this case, they've just put a did not start. But Well, I think with the WGC events, like, they're invited and they're in the field and then they decline the invitation. Okay, so, yeah, all right. So And then he was 48th here in 17, which is not good. But I, I still think Kepka is a, is a – I think he's going to be lower owned. So I like that. And I, so Kepka will be my other GPP play. And uh, – I gave you my cash, and I'll talk about my fade after you go. Well, agreement in the beginning, and that is John Rahm. Uh, he is my GPP play and my cash play as well. Com couldn't agree more there. I'll move quickly from uh, from Rahm. And then I really like Hideki at 9,000. 
Uh, he, like Brooks Kefka, did not start last year. He was coming off the withdrawal from the waste management with his wrist. Um, you know, kind of put him out for a few weeks there. So even though he qualified, he didn't play uh, in 2018. But he finished 25th in 2017. Not, not super, but man, I mean, Hideki's, Hideki's on right now. I mean, a third place finish at the Farmers, a 15th at the Waste Management, a ninth last week at the Genesis. And if you look at his strokes gained approach, which we both talked about is a, is a critical number right now, in his last five tournaments, he's gained almost six shots in strokes gained approach, um, gained about two at the Genesis, seven at the Waste Management, five at the Farmers. <coughs> the irons are just dialed in for Hideki. Um, and in fact, last week at the Genesis, not a single strokes gained category was he in the red or in the negative. He's just clicking on all cylinders right now, and I, I love that for Hideki um, in, a, in a big event at 9,000. I think that's tremendous. I don't really care what his ownership is. I, I agree with you on Rom. I was a little shocked to see. He was like 10% owned on average last week for the Genesis. Um, so we'll see. So those are my two GPP plays. Rom is my cash. My fade is none other than Brooks Kepka. Oh, actually. wow. Nice. And okay. which, is, which is hard for me to do. I mean, that's, you know, that's, <clears throat> that's hard for me to do. Give me a low-owned Brooks Kepka, and I'm usually all on it. And I do think he's going to be low-owned. Um, we haven't seen a whole lot of Brooks, as you mentioned. We saw him, you know, overseas. Um, he hasn't done anything except for I think did he play the Tournament of Champions? I think it was the last time last time we saw him out here. Maybe I don't um, even think he played the Tournament of Champions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. He finished twenty fourth. Okay. I mean, it was a, it was one of those shake the rust off events for him. And I still just I don't know, man. I, I ever since the whole thong picture and. You know, I, I'm thinking like Brooks has just been really living it up here lately. I, I feel like, I feel like this is a warm up for the Florida swing, and you know he's a Florida boy. I feel like he sees this as like, okay, you know, I, I'm pro I'm probably already partying in Mexico somewhere. I'll just hop over to Chapultepec and you know take my thong off and change it out for my pants and whack the old ball around for a little bit, get a free paycheck, you know, just show up. I, I just feel like we could get a Brooks. Don't give a f mode right now. So, I, I just want to. I'm just cautious with him. Of any of these guys up top, he's the one I feel like I could fade. So that's my fate. Well, I get it, but uh, um, my fate is going to be Justin Thomas at the very top. And here's the thing: is look, you, there, I agree. There's I agree really nothing that. you can say as far as stats, form, everything, his history here, all of that is is good. But when you go put him in your lineup. And then you eleven eight eleven eight, and then you got to drop down your your. Then you're looking at seventy six hundred as as your next your next threshold right there. And I I just don't like that in a field like this in a tournament like this where I do think um, the cream does rise to the top, and I want to try to fit as many of the the higher price guys in as I can. I just don't like how how it, it shapes up when I'm when I'm forming my lineup. So I think JT is and that, and then at eleven eight too. I mean he's. He's got to pretty much win. Um, yeah. So I just I, – I think that, for me, I'm going to fade some JT this week. And, look, he, he – I, I know he didn't finish that great on Sunday, um, and I'm not putting a whole lot into that. But, again, it's really just the no, price just the price for me. It's absolutely a price thing for me. I, I agree with that one. I think that's the cop-out fade of the week. So Well, sorry, but I, it had to be – look, somebody had to say it. If I didn't say it on the podcast, the people wouldn't know. 
All right, let's go to the AK range. I'm gonna start off with a guy who I think is gonna be a little overlooked and a little underowned in this uh, category. I'm gonna go with a little Webb Simpson. <laughs> Webb, uh, you know, Webb played here last year, finished 37th. Didn't do, didn't do great. We last saw Webb at the Waste Management uh, on his way to a T20. But man, if you look at what Webb has done consistently well, it goes back to kind of like Hideki. I, I really am waiting the ball striking from the fairway, and his strokes gained approach numbers are off the charts, getting almost four strokes in the last five tournaments. At the Waste Management, he gained almost six, and at the Tournament of Champions, a little over seven. Um, he hasn't lost strokes from approach since the Dell in September. Um, and we know he's one of the most accurate hitters off the tee, you know, in the PGA Tour. So I think this second loop around Chapultepec and a rested Webb Simpson there at 8,300, uh, surrounded by maybe some guys who have been playing, you know, uh, who've been also playing well. Um, I think he could be a little overlooked. Maybe by the by Wednesday night, you know, we're gonna check fan share as we always do. There could be some diff, you know, I, I could be completely wrong. But I feel like he's going to be a little overlooked. By the way, if you've not joined FanshareSports.com, I don't. We're going to keep telling you until you do it. You need to. You really need to do it. We talk to those guys every week about ownership. Uh, you know, nobody's perfect with ownership, okay? But Fanshare is as researched as it gets, and they listen to all the touts, they read all the articles, listen to all the podcasts, watch all the YouTube videos, and and and, and you know figure out who's getting talked up the most. But beyond just ownership, to get the lineup generator, uh, some of the stats they give you, the DraftKings historical data that they give you, uh, at the price they give it to you, which is like $9.99 a, 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 a week, like $20 a month, $200 for the year. It's super cheap. Plus, if you use our promo code TOURJUNKIES, all one word, when you sign up, you get 20% off any level subscription that you do. Here's what I'll tell you to do. Try it for a week. Just get in there and try the pro version for a week. Pay $10. Use our promo code. Pay $8. It, worst case scenario, you lose $8. And you're like, you know what? Maybe, maybe this isn't for me, or I don't understand it, or I don't want to use it, or it didn't help me, or whatever. You lose $8, which you could easily lose in a lineup of any sort, playing any DraftKings contest or FanDuel or whatever you want to do. So just give it a shot for at least one week, and then see what happens. If you have questions... Email us, DM us, whatever you got to do. We've been working with these guys for like three years now. They're, they're great guys. FanshareSports.com, promo code Tour Junkies. Check that out. But Webb is one I'm going to be looking at. The next guy that I have here for GPPs, I'm pretty sure I won't really have to look at except to confirm that I do think he'll be a little chalky. And that's Tommy Fleetwood at 8200 You know, we get the dip in price. He's, he hadn't been 8200 in a minute. Um... And he's not, he's not been lighting the world on fire. I mean, 28th at the Genesis, 45th at the AT&T Pro-Am. But, I mean, last week the Genesis did everything really well except he, he couldn't putt. He lost two and a half strokes on the putting greens. He hadn't lost, a, he hadn't lost strokes on the putting greens since the PGA Championship. So if that, if that writes itself, you know, he's striking the ball just as good as he always does. He's a great iron player, and he's played really well here in the two years they've had it. He was uh, 14th last year in 2018 and second in 2017. So I like Tommy a lot. Don't care what his ownership's going to be. I'm going to play him. I'll just have to be overweight on him. Uh, and he is my cash play as well. I'm going pretty chalky with cash. Like, I think Rob and Fleetwood and even my next cash play in the 7K could be chalky. But I'm going to I'm gonna dip down in the 6K maybe and play a little cash guy. I'm going to differentiate in that low 7, 6K range. 
for cash. Okay, well, I actually have a guy in the 6K range that I, I think you could consider for cash. Um, I'm with you on Webb. He's he's one of my GPP plays, so I don't I don't really need to expand upon that. I think you, you did well with that, so I'm I'm gonna play him. Also, I like Sergio at eight thousand. I, I think he is a good play. Look, he uh, he rallied at Riviera and, and ended up making the cut and um, you know got in there and finished in, I think in the top thirty five. Um, but has played really well on this course. He was T seven last year, T twelve the first year here. He's gained you know so he is he's. He's obviously played this course well. A great ball striker, um, you know. I think is is probably definitely gonna, you know, be. A, by the way, the whole talk about Cooch, but the whole thing about him and, and like the the sand trap ordeal. Yeah, but yeah, but I mean, it's come. We've we've come to expect it with him. Though. That's the difference. I just think he's like the, the fact that he's not the squeaky clean in it. No, he's not. But all the media out there, like, just demanding, like, this apology and everything on that. I mean, come on. Like, you've never been mad on a golf course? You, if I had cameras on me on a golf course, good God. There are cameras on you anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Um, anyway. Anyway, no. But I like I like Sergio. He's obviously going to check the box and strokes gain approach. Um, I just think this could be a great week for him. So, I think he'll certainly be lower owned. So, I like that for Sergio. My cash. I like Fleetwood, by the way, too. He didn't. He didn't make my list of my favorites, I guess, in this range. But I also like some Paul Casey at eighty six hundred. He's going to be my cash play. He's just been consistent here. He's in great recent form. Um, you know, you look at the stats for him. He's checking the box and strokes gained approach, also scrambling and fairways gained. A guy that's just you know week in and week out a solid play. So I do like him for cash. So you gave three. Oh no, that's your cash. That's okay, my cash play. All right, who's your fade? I'm gonna fade Spieth until I see anything from. Hey, him. finally. Any like, look, and I did say when we we started talking about him early. I mean, he has been striking the ball well, and he's he's shown flashes. But until I see four rounds of good play from him, I I'm just I'm gonna fade him and. He's. It's maybe taken me this long to realize that because I still love the way, love his game when it's when it's on. And he showed flashes of that last week at Riviera. I still think he's going to be one of my favorites when it comes to Augusta coming up here in a couple months. But I'm I'm going to fade him. I just just can't play him okay. right now. Well, my fate is Tony Finau. I want to make a bold call oh, I was here. Close. I, any, I was actually close to that, by the way. Yeah, anytime you want to fade Finau, you got to dig deep, right, to find a reason to fade him. Well, I'm going to give you a couple reasons, and a couple of them are deeper than others. First of all, it's his fifth event in a row. You know, we've been talking about this since we started the Tour Junkies podcast. Strokes gained grinding. Strokes gained, uh, ble- strokes bled. Uh, bled grinding, we, right? Strokes bled grinding or something. Yeah, it was just strokes bled playing a lot. Um, you know, we've talked to a number of tour pros and, and some documented in interviews on this podcast over the years and some not. And everybody says that third, fourth event, probably that fourth event, you start to feel a little fatigue. Tony's a young guy. He's in great shape. I'm not saying that happens. But again, I, I, I preface by saying you got to look for reasons to fade Tony Finau. That's going to be one. The other reason is is the strokes gained approach numbers aren't incredible lately. I mean, just in the last five tournaments, not quite a full stroke gained on approach. Um, at the Genesis, he gained a stroke. 
He gained five strokes putting, which never happens for Tony Finau on his way to a 15th place finish. At the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, he gained three and a half strokes putting on his way to a 38th place finish. So in the last two weeks, he's gained over eight strokes putting, which never happens, never, for Tony Finau. So if that if that regresses a little bit, I'm a little nervous. And, and this, I'm going to go real deep on you here. I'm going to go really deep on you. Now, not also ownership, okay? Finau's always popular. He's at a good price. Ownership may be a little high. But here I'm going real deep. You, you mentioned the grass, Kikuya grass. And if you've paid attention, Kikuya grass is a rare grass. And it's also, it's tough to chip on. It's a little grabby kind of grass. It's tough. Well, Tony Finau has been gaining strokes around the green in every event since the Tour Championship, except for last week when he was chipping out of Kikuya grass, where he lost three strokes. Not point three. Three strokes chipping around the greens last week off of Kikuya, and he's going to be chipping again off Kikuya this week. I'm just going to I'm just going to lay that down there for your uh, Tony Finau Tony Finau fade. Um, all right, let's get into the seven K range. Moving right along, let's try to let's try to keep this train moving. Uh, my one of my favorite plays up here, uh, two favorite plays are right there next to each other. GPPs Gary Woodland and Charles Howell the third. I mean, what can you say about Charles Howell? The guy's been playing fantastic. Uh, I think he's rejuvenated after his victory uh, in the fall swing. I think he's motivated. Um, he's checking the boxes. Finished sixth at the, sixth at the Genesis. Just all around game is being is is just really good right now. Um, and and he's still not getting a ton of ownership love. He was only around thirteen and a half percent owned at the Genesis. Twelve and a half for the Farmers. I just think 7800 for a guy like that. Now, now, this is his first event at Club de Golf Chapultepec, but I don't think it matters. And I think when you get a guy like CH3 who's not – I just wonder about this. Maybe this isn't true. Maybe I'm just making this up. And I don't think you would ever really know because if you asked the other party parties involved, you wouldn't get a straight answer. But I feel like for, for guys like Charles who don't, get, who don't get invites to the WGC events all the time, right? Like, like this is his first WGC in, in a minute. He's just now, you know, got his win. He's just now climbed inside the top 50 in the world golf ranking. Like, I feel like this means a little more, maybe, than a guy, you know, that, that, get, that get, plays in these things, like, on the regular. You, you never know because if you ask the guy that plays here on the regular if it means any less because he does, he's always going to say no. But I just feel like Charles is probably extra motivated to have a good week this week. Uh, so I love him at 7,800. He is also my cash play. Gary Woodland, I think, is a great play here. If you look at his, I mean, I, we all know about his recent his recent play, a, a ninth at the Farmers, a seventh at the Waste Management. Um, but if you look at his, his history here, you're like, well, he hadn't played very well. But this this golf course suits him very well from a bomber, being able to, to, to kind of scale down off the tee, hit some irons in the fairway. We know Gary plays pretty well in uh on shorter kind of golf courses like this considering he's a bomber but if you look at his last two years playing here he has never come into this thing in like spectacular form um now last year he had won the waste management but the two weeks after that he went miscut 49th and then here at the wgc he basically just crapped the bed in every possible category um and then and then the year before he came in better form and finished 38 he just couldn't putt but we all know that Gary Woodland's putting is a lot different now than it was even eight months ago. So I think Woodland is a very interesting play, and, and it's going to be interesting to see what people do considering the, the lackluster course history. So 
Uh, I like those two. And then my final play here, I'm going to give you real quick, is uh, is Juiced Luton. Joust Luton. Uh, old, old Juiced, man. He, he Recent form, sixth place in Saudi Arabia. Um, if you look at the 2018 European Tour stats, I'm looking at last year because they just kind of got their year started. Uh, he was 10th in driving accuracy, which I think I've already mentioned is pretty important, and um, second in greens and regulation. This will be his third year playing. He had a top 25 in 2017. Finished middle of the pack, 37th last year. But I think at 73 hundy, he could be a, a nice little pivot from maybe a Terrell Hatton or a Cam Smith, who I also like both of those guys. But in GPPs, if you want some leverage, I think Luton is uh, worth a, a stab. So there you go. Wow. Okay. So Luton was actually one of my GPP plays, and uh, there you go. He was, he was kind of a bonus play for me because uh, I, I thought not a whole lot of people would have him, but I, I do like him for all the reasons that you mentioned. So uh, I like that. Uh, also, like Charles Howell, he's one of my cash plays as well, and I like him in GPPs. So we won't, we won't <coughs> uh, revisit that. Um, so he is your cash play. He is. Yes, Charles Howell. Okay. Um, I like Rafa Cabrera Bella this week in GPPs. I think, look, I like him too. we've seen him play well the last couple of weeks with top 25s. Um, he's played good on this course in the past, and he's got, you know, he's been putting really well too. I mean, that's one of the things that's um, part of his game that, is, that has been really well. As a matter of fact, he's, um, let's see, he's top 10 in the field in strokes game putting uh, over the last uh, 36 rounds. So I like that for him. Yeah, so, and then when you look at course history, um, yeah, he was third last year, and he only missed the playoff by, I think, a stroke. So, uh, it's a course that he plays well on and that he likes. So, I do like some Rafa Cabrera Bell. I like that price, too, at 7800 Um My fade is actually going to be Kuchar. And I think that there there is certainly going to be some distractions for him in Mexico. Um you know, I think that, that you know, if he's going to get heckled <laughs> at, at Riviera, he's probably going to get heckled a little more so uh, here in Mexico. And what, if he, what if he, like, goes to sit down in a restaurant and no server, all the servers <laughs> refuse to serve him because they don't think they're going to get tipped? Yeah, I don't know. Ah, ah, no, 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 uh, no mas, no mas. Adios, adios, senor. Well, maybe it's probably a good thing for him not to eat. Just, just drink, like, not the local water. Just bring a bunch of uh, bottled water or something. But, no, look, I mean, if you look at stats and everything else, I mean, from what I'm looking at, he's actually number one. Uh, when when I kind of put in all my stats together that I like, so oh your model in my I don't like to say the word model, but yeah, I guess you could call it that. Um, but it, this is this is more of just a a social model. I just don't think he's gonna he's gonna do well this week. Um, what do we got? Two fades here. Oh, by the way, I'm gonna play Siwoo Kim just because he pisses me off. He, so would, he, he withdrew. He did? He yeah. Oh, good. He Thank he's God. A, he's a D, he's a DNS. Do not start. All right. Do not start. Thank, when did that happen? How did I miss that? Uh, like this afternoon. Okay. Well, good. Yeah. Because I don't want to have to worry about it. Well, him. it's funny because my two fades were Siwoo Kim and Matt Kuchar. And then obviously Siwoo Kim with Drew. But those are my two fades. By the way, Siwoo I'm going to fade Kuchar. Woodland. I think that... Whoa. I think whoa, that... Look, whoa. Now, look. I don't have a ton of reasons other than his history here. 
to really fade him because when you look at stats and everything else by the way you mentioned putting if i look at the last like 36 rounds he's actually 40th in the field in strokes game putting so really in a field of 72 that's not all that great um but but he yeah, is that's a he great is great improvement from where he has been it, it is but i just think look and this is a bold call maybe this is like the female thing for you i think yeah. his ownership is going to be high, high you know pretty high in this range um so i i you gotta plant your flag somewhere i think i'm gonna flag. i'm gonna i'm gonna fuck what am i even talking about i'm gonna, I'm gonna fade some <laughs> woodland this week um unless <coughs> unless well, i see that he's his ownership is is lower than it but i still think he is gonna be high on so well i'm with you on the kucher fade uh for the mexico reasons the mexico mafia uh, it's his fourth event in a row. You know, eh, maybe little, little, little older man, little fatigue. He's emotionally probably drained. Um, you know, travel to Mexico. I don't, I don't know. I can see it. But if you look last year too, like last year he came in to the WGC Mexico in great form, arguably just as good a form as he's in right now. And he just came over to Mexico and crapped himself like he guzzled the the native water for four days. I mean, he lost seven and a half strokes on the putting green. Um, hadn't lost strokes putting in his previous six events before that. He couldn't hit. He couldn't chip. He couldn't hit the irons. He couldn't hit the fairways. I mean, he was all around terrible at the WGC Mexico last year. So I just, you know, and came in in equivalent form. So if I'm looking for a, a bold fade call, see you later, Cooch. Um, all right, let's get to the 6K. Let's knock that out real quick. I have. Um, I mean, listen. I think your chalk plays. In the 6K range are Grillo and Grace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Grillo, you know, just a good all-around player, good ball striker. Um, chalky, chalky play though. That'll definitely be a fan share uh, check. You know, check in come come Wednesday night. Brandon Grace though is interesting to me. Um, looking at looking at some stuff on Fantasy National on Grace, I think it's interesting that he's down here at 6,800. I mean. It, I mean, it was like three weeks ago at the at the waste management. The dude almost won the thing. I mean, he was there until Ricky, you know, pulled it back together. Um, but I mean, looking at Fantasy National, gained four and a half strokes at the waste management uh, with approach in his last five tournaments. He, Ten tournaments, twenty tournaments. He strokes gained in the positive on off the tee and approach. He did have a really rough Genesis. Uh, he did nothing well at the Genesis, which is a little, a little alarming but for a guy like Brandon Grace of his caliber a guy who's competed in in strong fields and majors and and who can play on courses where you know you don't have to be a bomber I, I just think this is an interesting uh, this is an interesting spot for him um, at, at just a measly 6800 bucks and I mean both years that it's been here he's finished kind of middle of the pack so I think he's interesting and of course, Fantasy National Golf Club. By the way, we didn't mention them. FantasyNational.com/tj is where you go to get all these stats we're talking about. In fact, we had a guy tweet us this week, and I love the tweet. He said, "You guys have been talking about Fantasy National so long. I finally did it. I left another provider that shall remain nameless of stats, and I got on Fantasy National, and this thing is amazing." He tweeted us that. It's awesome, uh, and we are telling you that's what you need to do if you're using any other provider for stats. And listen, there's some expensive AF providers out there for stats and models and all that kind of stuff, lineup generators, ownership projections, but mainly Fantasy National and the stat. The stat base is just, it's unreal. 
if you're using someone else for that, I bet you're paying a lot more money than what Fantasy National is going to charge you. I'm just telling you. And Moose is adding to it like all the time. So it's constantly getting better. It's not the same system that it was a year ago or six months ago. So fantasynational.com slash TJ. Join with that link and uh, get yourself a membership, a weekly, a monthly, an annual membership. It's the best thing you can do. Um, and it, it's, it's just the best golf stat system there is. So I think Grillo and Grace are your chalky plays. My three GPP plays here are Abraham Answer, which I think may be a little chalky too. Everybody's going to know about mm-hmm. Abraham. He's and playing with Tiger too. He's playing with Tiger, which does scare me a little bit. I'm not real thrilled about that. Hometown event, blah, blah, blah. I still think I'm going to have a sprinkle of him. I think i got to have a sprinkle. Um, let me tell you about a couple other guys. Though. Aaron Rye. Aaron Rye. Down there at 65 hundy, below Abram Answer. Uh, just finished 17th at the Vic Open, 34th at Saudi, 29th in Dubai. Won his first European Tour event in November. 2018 on the European Tour, he was 4th in driving accuracy and 7th in greens and regulation. Now he's got a win under his belt. He's been playing. He's not rusty. He's been playing well. First WGC event. I think Aaron Rye is an interesting play at 6,500. The last play I'm going to give you is Alexander Bjork at 6,100. If you go play, if you ever play European Tour DFS, Alexander Bjork is a pretty solid guy. Like when you look at, if you don't know any, any of the names, but you look at cuts made, Alexander Bjork is a pretty consistent guy. He's, 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 he plays some really good golf. Uh, his last finish was a T20 in Dubai. He is a super solid player for 6100. And if you look on mybookie.ag for any odds or anything, his odds have him way better than the fourth cheapest priced guy in this field. So I think Bjork is going to be a sprinkle as well in some GPPs. That's it. Okay. Wow, you got the uh, you got the European tour sauce going, don't you? I wanted to give the people somebody, some people they never, you know, they, they maybe were looking at going, huh? Who? Yeah, I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. Actually, so Emiliano Grio is one of my guys. So you mentioned him as being chalky. I think you can actually play him in cash if you want to. Um, you know, he's been in pretty good form. Um, <coughs> you know, as a guy that obviously has a game for this this type course. I mean, he's he's. 12th in strokes gained approach. He's 10th in opportunities gained. Also checks the box and driving accuracy as well. So I do like that. I'm going to give you another guy that's uh, a Euro- European mostly tour player. That's Danny Willette at 6,600. I mean, look, this is a guy that I, you look at the last time he played here, which was in 2017, did not play well at all. I mean, he was, let's see, 69th out of 72. But we know, if you know Danny's history, uh, after you know having that great run, winning the Masters and, and everything else, he, he definitely was in a slump. The guy's playing a lot better this year. I mean, he got a win. I can't remember which tournament it was, but um, a few months ago. So he's, you know, he's, and he's been playing better. I mean, you look at his, his recent results. Um, he was 33rd last week at the Genesis. And then before that, his last tournament was the Farmers, where he was top 25. Um, both very strong field events, and he showed up well. For a guy that's 6,600 on DraftKings, who's coming in in form like that, where he's not just – we're not just talking about making the cut. He's actually getting up there in the top 25. I think that's a, that's a good sign. I'll take him at 6,600. Um, 
you know, also scrambles really well. Uh, we know, as we've seen in the Masters, that you know, in other courses for him, that he's obviously, pretty, you know, in general, a very good putter. So, especially on tough greens, which these are very tricky greens with a lot of undulation. So, I like some. Uh, I like some Willett this week at at sixty six hundred. Willett, you like some Willett? Willett, yeah. Um, awesome. All right, let's get to the one and done. We remember. Yes. Woo. I am going with a guy who I'm hoping. I've had some. I've had two really crappy weeks. I had Cam Smith last week, who got me a whopping eighteen thousand dollars. I had Shane Lowry the week before, who got me nothing. Um, I need a win, and I am going with a guy who I think people may have already burned him at the waste management, um, and that would be Hideki. I'm going with Hideki. I think Hideki has a great week this week. Okay, so I did burn him, but I actually did it like very early on just because I didn't want to have to deal with Hideki. But I'm going to go John Rahm this week. Okay. I'm trying to... So I, we're going with some heavy hitters. Going with the heavy hitters. I just I feel like i I got to okay. have a win too. Uh, let's, hit, let's hit Puerto Rico just a second. I just want to, I just want to hit a second. A few guys that I like. First of all, if you're looking at the top on DraftKings, um, it's crazy to see that Daniel Berger is playing this event. But um, I think I'll avoid Berger, even though it's tempting, and I think you can fit him in. Um, I think I'm going to play some Scott Brown, who played really well here. Some Aaron Baddeley, who likes this place, quite familiar. Um, I'm not going to play Ali Schneiderjans. I think Ryan Blom is interesting. Uh, Matt Every at 9,000, who has just been playing very, very good lately. Like, Matt Every's game has kind of, it's shocking. I mean, the guy went from, like, laughing stock to, he's been playing pretty good. If he keeps it up, Bay Hill's in a couple weeks. Like, this dude, you know, he's the Bay Hill machine. Um, so I think he's interesting. Cam Davis at 8,700 is interesting. Roberto Castro, your boy from a couple weeks ago at 8,000. Uh, Shink, also a guy you got on late a couple weeks ago. I like him at, uh, where's he at? Just He's a, at 7,900. 7, 7, the guy's just a solid cut maker. Cut maker, yep. Um, uh, dropping down to 7,400. I'm, I'm a fan of this guy, Svensson. Uh, he's checking some boxes. Adam Svensson's checking some boxes. He played this event two years ago. He's been playing really well lately. Um, so I like him. And then David Hearn at 7,100 is interesting. Uh, finished 17th here last year. Also been in okay form for David Hearn. Uh, so 7,100 I like. Boo Weekly is a tremendous value at 7,000. Now, Boo's been grinding on the web.com tour. He's been battling an injury, but he's kind of back. He's got you know plenty of familiarity with this golf course. So at 7K, I think, uh, I think Boo is worth a, uh, is worth a shot. At the bottom, 6,800, Hank Lebiota, young kid, bomber off the web.com tour. Uh, I, I find I find Lebiota kind of interesting. Um, keep scrolling, 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 and I think I am... Yeah, that's it. I'm done. You got anybody else? Uh, let's see. Um... You know, I think Jonathan Bird is interesting. The guy's, you know, when you look at his last five events, he's made all five cuts um, at 8,800. So I think that's a that's a good play. He's kind of, to me, like the older version of Scott Brown. 
so I like that. Um, you know, a guy like uh, you mentioned Castro. Obviously, he's been playing well. Shink, Robert Streb had a good, couple good good yeah. weeks a few weeks ago, and his, his his game's been coming around. So I'm okay with him at 7,800. Also, uh, at 7,700, Rafael Campos. Didn't he just win a Web.com event like two weeks ago? Did he win the one that, that Willie Wilcox was up there at the, at the very end? Oh, I think, I, I think he did. I'm not sure. I could be wrong on that. But, you know, if, if, if I'm right, <coughs> then, you know, he could be a good play. He's yeah. been playing well. Um, he was also um, – uh, never mind. Forget that. Um, so, uh <laughs> Who else? That's probably about it. Um, you know. By the way, in the course horse for this one, Frederick Jakobsen, the painter. Uh, no. Um, also, Rafael Campos did win. Yes, he won the event Will Wilcox is supposed to win. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, my bookie, shout out to my bookie. They put up some betting odds for Puerto Rico already. Big fan of that. Boo Weekly is at 140 to one. He's gained 21 strokes at this event in the last five years. Also, like Shank at 90 to one. Ryan Blom at 70 to one. If you're gonna go shorter odds, which I don't think I would do in an event like this, but uh, if you want it, Chris Kirk and Ali Schneiderjens. Even though I'm gonna fade him in DFS, are at 45 to one. Matt Jones is at 40 to one. So if you want to go to my bookie and bet on these boys, mybookie.ag promo code Tour Junkies gets you that 50% deposit bonus. Get in a little bit of that action for the PR Open. Um, hey, Pat, time for the Chunk and Run. You ready? I think so, yeah. I'm excited about this. First, first uh, the, the Chunk question is a little different this year, but uh, th- this week. A, a buddy of ours emailed us in, longtime listener, John Livingston. Appreciate this, John. He emailed us in a while ago, so he probably thinks it's never going to get on the show. By the way, if you want to email in Chunk and Run questions, we need you to. It's info at tourjunkies.com, info at tourjunkies.com. Email those chunk and run questions. John says, any thoughts on ever doing a listener golf event live and in person? And, uh, John, this is a little different question, but we wanted I wanted to answer it on tonight's show. Pat and I have actually talked about it. And I would love to know, like, <clears throat> interest would be would be good, but also, like, like how much you would be willing to pay for it. Because I think that's probably the biggest hurdle we would have is what do we what what's reasonable that people would pay considering you got to get here? Um, but we've talked about it at Champions Retreat, which is my club here in Augusta. It's hosting the uh, Augusta National first ever ladies amateur event just before Masters Week. It's a beautiful facility, twenty seven holes of championship golf with three nines, the only three uh, three nine course in the world with uh, each nine designed by one of the big three, Arnie, Jack, and Gary. It's a beautiful place. And they've got cabins there, and they host a lot of events like this. And we've talked about it with Champions Retreat in the past of, like, you know, we, we have you guys come in on a Friday. You know, you we, we do dinner at Champions that night. We hang out in the cabins that night, play some poker, you know, some cards or whatever, and then, and then, and then pass out and then wake up Saturday and play 36 or maybe even have a special guest, uh, uh, either tour pro or teaching pro. Do a little, uh, a little, little clinic for us. Some kind of celebrity instructor, um, and that celebrity could be anybody from like Carl and Dennis Paulson to Travis Fulton to maybe Kiz if we get him out there. 
um, and then maybe you know pack it up dinner Saturday night and everybody go home Sunday like what would you how how interested would you be and what would you pay for something like that because I don't know what it would cost us we'd have to pay the club we have to pay whoever the instructor is what would, what would be interesting you know Pat I think that could be a good time and I think that would be really fun to be able to hang out with with uh, a few listeners we would love to do some more live listener meetup events like that I think it'd be a good time don't you think I agree. And you know what? I think it'd be fun if we had some of our trolls come. Yeah, but the, our, our trolls aren't going to want to pay, and I'm not paying for trolls. Yeah, I know, but I think that might be good for them to get to know us better, you know? Yeah. Yeah, or we could just, like, pull pranks on them and, like, give them wedgies and swirlies in the toilet. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't think the trolls are going to pay. No, they're not. Pay I'm not going to do that. I'm not gonna, I have paid for a troll to play golf. You did. You did that, actually. And he's a good dude. He's a good dude. Greg, uh, shout out, Greg. Um, so a little bit different with the chunk question tonight. Kind of a, kind of like throwing it back to you, like feeling you out kind of thing. See your level of interest there. But there you go. Now for the fun part, Pat, the run question of the night. I'm pumped about this one. I had a good time with this one. This is going to be fun. Give yourself your co-host, and one PGA Tour player, a racehorse name. Now, we all know racehorse names can be interesting. You have a lot of, you know, names like Secretariat, you know, just a one-word kind of majestic, just flow off the tongue. And, but then you have, like, some others that are a little more out there, you know. Um, I don't even, I don't have any pulled up in front of me, but you know what I'm talking about. They, they can get a little, a little out there. And so... Um, I'll tell you the toughest part for this was giving myself a name. It was very easy to come up with names for you and also easy for me to come up with names for my PGA Tour player that I selected. The hardest part was coming up for names for me, actually. Did you find the same thing or something different? You know, yeah, but I, I will say this. The funny thing was in my research trying to do this at, at horse names, which I spent way too much trying, time trying to figure <laughs> this stuff out, was in last year's <laughs> Kentucky Derby, there was a horse named Free Drop. And it was Ooh, it was because yeah. the owner had some beef maybe with the trainer. I can't remember what it was, but he took too many free drops in golf. <laughs> so they named the horse Free Drop. I love drop. that. So, what a troll. He trained his own horse trainer. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So. Um, all right. So let's where, – where should we start? Ourselves, each other, or the, the PGA Tour player? Where should we start? Uh, let's start with ourselves. Okay. You want me to start? Yeah, you go ahead and start. Um, uh, I, came, I came up with two. Uh, the first one was uh, Deputy Do-It-All. Just because... <laughs> of course. That actually... Okay, go ahead. <laughs> just because I do it all. I, I do everything for the for Tour Junkies, the brand, the podcast, the website, the blog, the ads, the the listener events. I do it all. And and I get trolled. People troll me the most. They They... they they come after me. They they make fun of me. They they think I'm I'm arrogant, but I'm just telling the truth. Like I I can do it all, and so deputy do it all. I think is a great name for myself for my for my horse. And then the last one I came up with, I think my wife <clears throat> would call me, and I'll leave this one up for interpretation. But if I were a horse, I'd be the five legged stallion. <laughs> oh. Gosh, I thought. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. So so far, two of these, or both of yours, actually about yourself, actually go along with what I've come up with for you. <laughs> so 
<laughs> that, that plays in nicely. Um, I, I thought of a couple for myself as well. Um, one, the obvious is the great fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that is obvious. Yeah. So I think that one was was obvious. Which is actually a pretty damn good horse name. Yeah. If I'm being honest. Yeah. If any of you out there own a horse and you want to name a horse that, I think that would be great. Oh, I think. I think it'd be great. Fantastic. Yeah, I think it'd be an awesome name. So, uh, I liked that one. Also, uh, I, I actually found a horse that was named this, and I think it's a pretty famous horse. But I liked this. Uh, it's it's. Uh, I'll have another. <laughs> I think that was a good one, and very appropriate. And then uh, the the last one is, uh, and I have one that didn't make the cut, but the last one was Planet Tito. Yeah, okay. I like yeah. that one. The one that didn't make the cut was a nickname. Kind of predictable. Yeah, that my dad had, uh, but I thought it was uh, it was actually sort of uh, fitting for a horse name, and that is Pitter Patter. That was my dad's nickname. But all in all, I liked Great Fantastic the best. That's a horrible nickname, by the way. That is a horrible nickname. Yeah. All right. Well, yours, yours were kind of predictable. I'll be honest. They're kind of predictable. All right. Let's go to um, let's go to let's go to our uh, each other. Um, so why don't you tell me what you came up with for me? Since you said they kind of aligned with. All right. I, I had several too, so I feel like I got to go through all of these. Um, <laughs> The first one that goes along with your your description of your own horse name is Ego Nightmare. <laughs> okay. I like right. that one. Uh, mm-hmm. The other one come, it has, has something to do with your golf game. Left of Left. That was what it was. <laughs> That's a good one. So, That's also a really good horse name. I like that. Yeah, left of left. Or it could be if you're like a, a super like liberal, you could name your horse that. That's well, good it, aren't, like they, that. aren't they kind of like uh, race cars too because they, go, they, go, they make left turns only? Yeah, they just go left. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. left of left. Um, Although some days it can be right of right, so that kind of doesn't really apply to me. Another one I liked was Naysayer. Uh, because oh, you like okay. to you oh, like to say the word there. nay, but then also yeah, uh, yeah. you're kind of a naysayer. You like to criticize. Um, and horses kind of say nay. Yeah, you know? yeah. A lot, a lot of things with the naysayer. Um, I like that one. That's clever. And the other one has to. Oh, do, you have four. Okay. Yeah, four. Jeez. The other one has to do with with you and 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 what I think of you because we talk about this all the time about being a Thursday tout. And you always like when we, when the when lineups when when everything starts and you, you're all excited because you've got you've got leverage on the field and whatever else. So there's a famous horse called Sunday Silence, one of one of the more famous horses out there. So, but but you're not Sunday Silence. You're the thir- you're the Thursday Screamer. Okay. All right. So there you go. Those are my. Uh, well, I go from Thursday Screamer to Sunday. Sunday's Island. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it. All right. Well, mine were pretty. Mine were pretty predictable. But I have two for you. Um, the first one is Rose. Can you see? <laughs> By the dawn's early light. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm all right with that. And then the second one. There, some of you young guns may not get this one. You gotta. You gotta be a child of the '80s and '90s. Um, but uh, I think a good horse name is Tory Dry Spelling. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i like that one i also have all right as we transition to our pga tour pro um i have uh i have i have 
one that can also apply to you that is also applied to our PGA Tour Pro. So, um, all right, I have four for our PGA Tour Pro. Oh, wow, I only have I'll, one, so I'll, I can... Okay, why don't you do yours? Why don't you do yours? Who's your Tour Pro? All right, so my Tour Pro... I, I Actually, it was between two Spaniards. It was between Sergio and Rom. Uh, okay. But I'm going to go with the el- elder Spaniard and, uh, okay. and Sergio, especially based off of recent events. And uh, it's going to be unhinged. Oh, okay. I like it. So there you go. Classic. Mm-hmm. Well, unbridled right, I, is is where the the uh, that was where the uh, the inspiration came from. Okay, so my bad. I actually have five for this PGA Tour Pro. Oh my gosh. Um, I five for Matt one Kuchar. guy. Yeah, I went with Matt Kuchar. Ah, uh, this one's easy. too easy. This is way it was too very easy. Very easy. But I think there's some good ones. I'll start with the weaker first. Uh, I, what I think are the weaker weaker first. Um, the middle-aged miser. Um, such a bitter cooch, which I think could go a couple of different directions. Such a bitter cooch. Um, <laughs> uh, PR nightmare. Like mare, like a horse is a mare. PR nightmare. <laughs> okay. All I thought right. I thought that one was pretty good. Um, strokes gained assholing. Oh wow! You call him an asshole too. now. Okay. And then finally, the one that would apply to both you and Cooch. I think it's a great horse name, especially depending on the color of the horse. White privilege. <laughs> and here comes white privilege around turn number two. <laughs> Passing rose, can you see? I love that one. That was one of my favorites. Oh, uh, yeah, that was a good time. Really good time. Hey, any listeners out there that have some Photoshop skills and you want to make us some some of our horse names, that would be lovely. We would really appreciate that. We'll give you some love. That'd be awesome. In the meantime, thanks for putting up with this hour-and-a-half-long podcast of the Tour Junkies. We appreciate it. May your screens be green. May your bookies be pissed at you for the WGC Mexico Championship and the Puerto Rico Open.